podcast is sponsored by Zero Accounting Software, who proudly support female entrepreneurs and help business owners to see their finances clearly. For help in getting your business digital ready, visit xero.com. Hello everyone and welcome back to episode 18 of the She Can, She Did podcast. I am so, so sorry for the little hiatus we've had over the past couple of weeks. July's Midweek Mingle Roadshow is in full swing with London taking place two weeks ago, Birmingham's Midweek Mingle was last night and Brighton's is taking place next week. So I've been a bit bogged down in event bits and bobs, but I'm so happy to be back, albeit a tad knackered after last night, but I'm so excited to share this week's chat. I should probably add to that little zero intro there before we get going that Zero have now kindly offered all she can she did listeners and readers an oh so exclusive code that gives you 50% off their accounting software for six months so if you're thinking about joining Zero, please do feel free to take advantage of that offer by using the code SCSD50 all in capitals anyway if we haven't met yet this is a podcast in which I Fiona Grayson sit down with female founders in their teens 20s and 30s dotted all over the UK and ask them to open up to me about everything they've been through behind the scenes the good the bad the challenging, the ugly, you know the drill, to get to where they are with their businesses today. I have so, so much respect for the two ladies that I got to chat to on this week's episode because the company that they run together has the credentials of a business 10 times the size of theirs. The ladies in question being Gabby Wickham and Shirley Lee Wood Oaks, the co-founders of the London-based leading brand influence agency that is Wickerwood. Driven by the notion that you're only as good as your last campaign, which I love, they reveal the reality of running multi-million pound campaigns for the likes of Aston Martin, W London and Dolce & Gabbana. I think, I think I'm saying that right. Let's just, oh gosh, let's just go with D&G. I've never, does anyone know how to pronounce that properly? Dol, Dolce & Gabbana. Anyway, and, and working alongside the likes of George Clooney and Cindy Crawford with an ever-growing team of 20 plus employees. What I really love about this interview though is that it reveals how unconscious bias can work both ways. As Gabby says so rightly, it's so easy to assume from their accent that they're two rich Chelsea girls who have financial backing from their network and have done so from the outset. In reality, the two ladies put £1,000 each into a pot and have taken zero external investment ever since. For me, their thoughts on everything from leadership and how to grow a hard-working and invested team, how to avoid the dreaded analysis paralysis, a phrase I'm 100% going to be using from now on, and Shirley's empowering thoughts on dating as a strong businesswoman, are personal highlights from this chat, and their advice, despite recording this a good few weeks ago now, has been playing on my mind ever since. As always, ladies, I really hope you enjoy the chat. Right, ladies, shall we start? Yes. Yeah. We're all good. We're yes. Good. yes. Um, can you please start with what your business is all about in your own words? I don't know who wants to start. Uh, I'll start. Yeah. So Wickerwood is a brand influence agency. We basically focus on making brands as influential as possible with their key target market audience, whether that be women or men, whatever age, demographic, different territories. And we make them as influential as possible. So we look at who that audience is, we identify that audience, we then look at ways to engage with them, all their different touch points, where they're getting their information from, who's influencing them, where are they getting their information, is that through press, is that through journalists, is that through influencers, is it through their peers, their, you know, through word of mouth. We then look at how to immerse that audience into the brand's world, because that's really important, making sure that the brand feels like it's 
second nature. It should just add into their lifestyle as a consumer. And then if that has all been successful and we've done our job correctly, uh, we um, have hopefully built the brand's influence and driven awareness and sales. I feel like you are doing all of that because your client <laughs> list is crazy. When you think luxury brands, I feel like you've ticked the, like, the big ones off. We work with a lot of, the, yeah. of really incredible brands, whether they're established or, you know, bringing them to the market, creating them. Yeah, we're very, very lucky. I think for us, what really is exciting is understanding that each brand has a different nuance and really understanding that. I think, you know, old school PR or Marcoms, it's a very kind of numbers game and we're much more strategic. We think of the consumer backwards. Mm -hmm. um, and I think what really excites us is for luxury brands who want repositioning or kind of, you know, have a different route to market or a different kind of avenue, we help on that positioning. But on new brands, we consult and we consolidate and we build to create some now some of the world's kind of most successful brands such as Seedlip or Casamigos or the Ivy Collection. I mean, look at the name. Aston Martin. Aston Martin. Like, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, I think, you know, for us, that's, that's what's really, uh, that's what kind of drives us is actually knowing we've done a good job. I think, you know, that a, a lot of old school um, metrics don't work anymore. You know, it's an ever-evolving market, an ever-evolving landscape. And one thing that, you know, really sits with the upper echelons and, and you know, high net worth and kind of luxury um, item audience is authenticity. Yeah. So we try and make everything we do as authentic as possible. And, you know, we have a slogan in the office is, you're only as good as your last campaign. You can't rest on the laurels of what you've done five years ago. Yeah. So you need to keep kind of evolving and moving and kind of developing and, and pushing your boundaries. You know, every day we push our boundaries and, and, and face challenges and, you know, dip our toe into waters that we don't know. But if we think it naturally, like you've got to trust your gut and if it naturally sits, because always we understand the consumer so well, it works. Mm. It just works. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you're five years in now. Mm -hmm. Congrats. Thanks. <laughs> where, what inspired this? What, like, where, where did this idea come from? Because I always think that there's so many women, especially nowadays, with my age group in particular, on Instagram, when you're working in the luxury sector, it all looks so glamorous. But mm. I obviously oh, think... That it, it's, it's not that glamorous exactly, sometimes. And there's so much work that goes on behind the scenes especially yeah. you know you're dealing with those clients and I'm sure that comes with you know a, a big list of demands yeah. um what inspired you to get into this gosh and um, has it met your expectations as well exceeded is the answer to the latter question yeah. <laughs> what made us get into it is the fact that because we know the ultimate consumer we were both fed up in our respective areas of people going with the status quo and not delivering results and the definition of madness is doing the same thing and expecting a different result mm -hmm. and that's what everyone's been doing and actually if we weren't going to buy it if we weren't going to buy into it or our friendship group or our peer group or people we knew who are like fans of the brand or consumers weren't going to buy into it it wasn't right so building and we have very different backgrounds Shirley's very kind of strategic, very marketing, very kind of, um, you know, in-house, a lot with, you know, crisis management as well. And I'm kind of more brands and press and VIPs. And together we had this really holistic view of the, of the market space, really. So together our, our skill set gave us like a bird's eye view of what needed to be done and what could be kind of achieved if you collaborated and combined forces to get a better output. Did you just go for coffee one day and say, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we did. <laughs> we love co-founded things. I'm always so interested in how it like starts in the beginning. We like, had so known each other. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> it wasn't like we just kind of bumped into each other and were like, oh, let's start an agency together. Uh, we had known each other for a number of years and we'd actually worked on a project in the past where it really 
was Gabby and myself, you know, okay, we're the team and stuff, but in the thick of it, it was Gabby and myself really running this and moving it forward. And what was very interesting in that short space of time that we worked together, which was high pressure, high stress level, very, very concentrated, long hours, <laughs> long hours we didn't fight. We really understood each other's skill sets where we needed to take ownership, but then where we could support each other. And it was an extraordinary few weeks of working on something very, very, very high-end luxury, and there was a lot of pressure on it. And we survived it. And we then went off and did our own thing. And then when we got to this point where we both were starting to feel a bit like we wanted to leave where we were, we were seeing a massive change in the industry. The companies that we were with were not seeing that change and they weren't listening to what we were trying to say. We kept talking about brand influence independently. We were understanding or we were seeing that the landscape was changing. PR wasn't just over there doing its own thing. Marketing was like somewhere over here. And then social media and digital was really really starting to come onto the scene, especially suddenly in the the luxury brands were suddenly thinking, oh, I've got to get on board with this social mm. media stuff, which they had all... they're quite traditionally old school. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, sure. They'd all been very much, oh no, social media is not for us. We engage with our consumer only mm. in the real world. And we started being like, no, come on, this stuff has to work together. And that's where that whole idea of, of brand influence and starting an agency that looked at the 360 rather than just focusing on press or marketing over here. And that's when we came together and we realized that we both had very different skill sets, but similar enough that we could work together and support, but that we could also take ownership and get on and never, we were never treading on each other's toes. And I think that was really important. That's the thing. I think when I've spoken to people where it's gone wrong, it's that they didn't have those clear kind of boundaries set at the beginning. Like, yeah, yeah. I'll take responsibility for this. I think actually probably the hardest, and we've all got friends, I'm sure, who are very similar, probably work together at a company, doing the same thing. They're like, Let, we can do this together. Yeah. And actually, that's tough. Yeah. That's super tough. And actually, mm. we have completely different skill sets and also different, like, not, I wouldn't say outlook, I'm very quick. Shelley's very measured. So when I yeah. need to be pulled back, I'm pulled back. And when, yeah. you know, when she, I she need a push, push. Yeah. <laughs> push. So it, it, it is a yin yang. And, and listen, it doesn't come without it. It's kind of terse, <laughs> terse eyebrows. But it's, it's also, it's for the greater good. And actually, I wouldn't have it any other way yeah. because it's so important to have that kind of different dynamic. You know, nobody is perfect. Mm-hmm. Absolutely no, no, nobody. No. So, you know, you need to like understand and respect each other's skill sets and then really understand each other's flow yeah. to be able to kind of rounded out yeah I always I'm always envious of a co-founder relationship in those first few months I look back on my first year in she can she did especially the first few months before there was any kind of indication like I had to lay a groundwork with she can she did so so many people were saying to me like where's it going and I kind of was thinking the money will come if I laid the groundwork Mm. and now people are a lot more on board with it Mm -hmm. but I always think in those early days it would be so nice to have someone that just got it you know so what was it like in those first few months when you were laying the groundwork and like I guess what did you prioritize to get the business off the ground was it a case of going out and literally pitching no we were very very lucky in the fact that I think you don't know when you've got it till it's gone so when we decided we were both going to leave our respective jobs they were like shit <laughs> so you know we both got paid our full salary for two days a week for three months so you the know and, 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 uh, yeah so um, we retained our past yeah. companies okay. and they came on as our first clients exactly which was really lucky you know when gabby and i started the agency it was to be the two of us and maybe one other person working on maybe five to six brands that we loved taking 40 days of holiday and going to yoga at 11 like we just <laughs> wanted around the press releases like, like, we always used to joke about like let's do Yeah, we just, I guess I think also we were at a point where we had worked really hard and we 
just wanted to take a bit of a backseat and just enjoy our job again and working on brands that we really loved mm. and that we could that get really a difference. in. Yeah, and really getting in on it. And we were lucky that we had our first clients who were our past companies and that they wanted to continue to work with us, which was great. And we also had one or two clients that came with us at the beginning. But we put a thousand pounds into a bank account and we're like, let's see what we can do with this. From day one, we were always very clear that it had to be sustainable. If we couldn't survive off it, if we weren't paying ourselves salaries, then this wasn't working. We really needed to have a, a, a solid base because no one wants to you know, work then, you know, fingers to the bone and not see some of the rewards. Yeah, and it was, you know, if I get hit by a bus tomorrow, I want to at least know that I've like enjoyed this yeah, right. bit. Okay, we weren't paying ourselves huge salaries, but we were paying ourselves enough. And it, and in the beginning, you know, it was very much looking at, okay, we're going to get these clients, we're going to work really hard with, for them. We've got a good amount coming in each month now to like take the next step. And by the end of the first month, we've billed for our first five clients. And we suddenly, now we look back on it and we're like, wow, five clients in one month. That was, okay, they were tiny retainers. They yeah, were, you know, still. but yeah. still it was amazing and it was really great. And now I look back on it and we're like, oh my, that was such a, <laughs> that was such a moment. And you know, we have definitely had our moments where things haven't worked out and it's been trial and error and figuring out the right clients for us and the right brands. And we've, you know, we've been burnt and we've learned, but we've come through it. And I have to say that doing it with someone else does make a huge difference. Yeah. The highs are amazing yeah. and the lows are much easier to go through. Yeah, like, when you look at each other, like, I don't know if I can swear, but like, what the actual F is going on here? Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, what is going on? And there's that excitement and you can't really get that. You can tell your, your, your partner, your best yeah. friend, your mum, they're like, oh, well done, darling, that's great. But you can't look at each other and go, yeah. <laughs> and, and that kind of weird excitement. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's I feel like it's like it's so different when it's yours, isn't it? It's mm. like I I look like my old job when it was going well. Oh my gosh, I was so proud of it. But mm. this is so different. Yeah. Like a good day with she can she did compared to my old job mm. is different yeah. levels. It's it really so is. Yeah. And um, you said that you burnt and learn. I love that phrase. What, I mean, when it came, because I'm always interested with service-based businesses, then mm. it does come down to a lot of like discussions and personalities and dealing with a whole range of different factors. When, I'm, I'm thinking for anyone listening to this where they do have to have some of those difficult conversations, as you were learning, how did you approach those kind of things? When you knew that it wasn't going to plan or that you had to kind of the direction of it like how did you approach those scenarios was it something that you were comfortable with because again I think this is where when you, when it's your business it's your reputation on the yeah. line and all of that kind of thing so I guess there are two things here when you have to address you know um, an issue with a let's say a campaign and you have to sit down with a client and talk it through communication is key mm -hmm. and being human is really important um, having that face-to-face -face time with that client and it's just sitting them down and being like look this hasn't worked but we're going to figure out how to make it work so let's have this conversation and let's move forward when it does get difficult is when let's say a client is behaving extremely badly or being rude to the team or something like that or hasn't paid and you have to have those awkward conversations which of course has hap like does happen you have to stay true which is really tough sometimes, you have to stay true to yourself. What's important to you? Because sometimes clients can take you all over the place and they can pull you in all different directions and you have to stay true to what is important to yourself. 
we in the past have had some clients that have, you know, been unbelievably rude to our team. Mm. And that's not okay. You know, they're human beings. You need to treat each other with respect. And that's not okay. So for us, that is a real line. Mm. You can't speak to our team badly. And you have to address that. And that's difficult. That can be really hard. But I think communication and being human about it and getting out from behind the emails and the phone yeah, yeah, yeah. and having time face on face. Because it's harder to be rude to somebody to their yeah, face than it is over email. And tone can be misunderstood. Yeah. And I think as well, we are incredibly strategic, so we're lucky. And we always say with every kind of new client... Well, that's not luck. That's just... No, 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 as, in, as in, in the fact that... I feel, I feel sorry for people going... They, they, don't, they can't oh, see yeah, an escape route. Yeah. Like, that's to Shelley's point, you know, okay, how are we going to... This, this isn't working, yeah. that's fine. But what about this angle? How can we make this work? We've got mm-hmm. different avenues and escape routes that we can do to then create good out of an, a, a bad. And we both learn together and say, okay, this kind of activation doesn't work. And you know, and that is also still trial and error yeah. because what may work for one brand may not work for another. And you know, you you do learn, but like, like I think if you're just a static marketing, PR, social media agency, or whatever, you only have one route. Mm-hmm. Whereas we can go, actually, this isn't working. So let's withdraw from that mm-hmm. and put our efforts in and dial up this this element yeah. which I think it helps us to uh, like uh, uh, alleviate those issues quite a lot because we always say you know we are part of your team we are an extension like let's let's work on this together we're not saying it's right but if we look at the analytics and we really look take a look at what's working and what's not then we can develop the strategy and we're really nimble in our approach we're not bullish saying this is going to work unless we categorically know that that is going to work yeah. So that's, that's another thing. So it means that we alleviate that, those kind of issues a lot earlier on. But it is, you know, it's hard being a service-led, you know, company or agency or anything doing, working the services. Because you are, it is, it is a human service. And there are so many variables. You know, we can take a product to market and we can have the best press contacts and we can have the best strategy. But sometimes it doesn't work or the journalist doesn't want to talk about it. And you don't understand why and you talk to them through it and they're like, it just not right now and you're like oh you've got to then tell the you know the client sorry they're not biting right now and that's hard sometimes for the client to hear but then you figure out different ways and we we do make sure that the team are always thinking of how do we make something better how do we improve that because not everyone's going to bite at the beginning and you need to evolve yeah definitely you mentioned the team let's talk about that when did you realize that you were ready to take people on. I don't think we ever. Yeah, yeah. From, six weeks in. Wow. I don't think we ever realised we were ready. It just happened. Like we just had to, you know, hire. And yeah. running a team is not easy. This is what's itself. Yes. Well, everyone. That's the biggest challenge that I think across the board. It's that. It's that going from a handing over the responsibility, uh, making that decision to mm-hmm. do it in the first place, but then yeah, the management, especially when you haven't managed before. Had you had experience before? Yeah, we I think we both had. Okay. Yeah. Um, but not, I mean, not like you know, reams and reams and reams of people. But obviously, you've, you've worked in agencies or worked in environments where you've had kind of you know a whole kind of structure. I think ultimately going back to the same point was what Shelley was saying. Be human. We're really culture is a big thing for um, our, us and our team. I mean, if one's hungover, they're all hungover. <laughs> kind of thing. It's, it's because they're friends yeah. and they respect each other. They respect us. We respect them. You know, we always say, 
don't if you need to work from home that's cool just make sure your job's done it, it you know it's really fluid and it's very respectful actually in having the trust in people to do their job correctly obviously that it's like anything your privileges get taken away if you abuse them but people are people people have to go to the doctors yeah. people have to wait for a washing machine man you know so i feel like that and we have a lot of people who stay you know people stay a long time because that is quite rare and i think in the way that we're kind of forward thinking in our approach to the industry, we're also forward thinking in our way of managing people. Um, How big is the team now? 20. Oh, but yeah, it's about to be 22. Oh my gosh. That's so big. it's growing. I <laughs> think though one thing that's really important is, you know, we have to be leaders as the founders, but that doesn't mean that your view is the only view. Yeah. And that what we say has to go. We do sit with our teams every day and we say, what do you think about this? You know, you're in the thick of this. You're listening, you're talking to so-and-so and so-and-so. What do you think? What's your feedback? What's your idea? And of course, then we take, we try to take on all that information. We try not to micromanage. We really give people responsibility mm. to work with their clients. We make sure, and I have had this in the past and I know you have as well, where a client has kind of been a bit like, um, you don't always like lead in the meeting. I'm like, I don't need to, because my team can lead. They know what they're talking about. And if I'm constantly just talking, mm. they're never gonna learn or be able to say what they truly think mm. about something. So you've got to let them have that voice. Yeah, it like kills any kind of creativity. Exactly. Um, and also then it doesn't make them feel responsible or you know, it doesn't give them the confidence that they need because they just constantly think you're just gonna step in. And listening to them and understanding, also I think a big thing is we do sit with them and say, where do you want to go? What do you want to do? Where do you want to be? Like, we would love you to stay in this agency forever, but we understand you need to see progression. You need to see growth. What's important to you? Like in one of our reviews the other day with somebody, she was like, look, you know, my partner and I would really love to buy somewhere in the next year, which means I'm going to have to need to get a mortgage and I'm going to have to have a salary of this level. And we were like, that's fine we'll figure this out and we'll get you to that to that level that you want to get to account direct or whatever it is and we're going to help you get to that point mm -hmm. you're going to have to work hard and you're going to have to put in the time and the energy and you know make this a you know a focus and watch yourself grow but we'll be there with you and i think that's really important when building a team you need to lead but they also need to feel that you're in it with them yeah that's amazing has that always been the case because obviously five years in like in terms well, you of you grow you grow and you also you know you have people who are good people who are bad people who are right and people who are wrong you know and i think what we do is very fast-paced you know i'm not going to lie it is fast-paced but it's on the periphery it's sexy yeah. but it is fast-paced there are events there's you know there's a, the campaigns are thick and fast because we're busy but that that way better that than being boring That's and bored yeah. so i think now and that kind of level of work really does sort the the people who can getting those that can't mm -hmm. and, and in terms of when when they can't is that as again it's just for people listening mm -hmm. how how do you approach that kind of when it, the responsibility falls on your shoulders to deal with that situation so we've never like had to luckily and thankfully ever had to fire time we've always kind of talked like like we, we talk to people, that's Shirley's point, it's communication. Yeah, communication. You know, people feel key. like they're struggling, say, you're struggling, how can we help, what yeah. can we do? Mm -hmm. You know, oh, I can take this and can I step on that? You know, do you need more time? You know, we've had everything from 
people breaking up, people, parents dying, you know, there, there's so many variables in people's lives. You never know what's going on on the back end. Yeah. And if you talk to people in front of to the point, it's everyone's human, everyone's fallible, everyone has their own stuff going on. And if you find that out and you really kind of, we're very nurturing in that, you know, if people need time, take time. But also, if we respect you, respect us. Kind yeah, of thing. So, and, that, and, and that's what really kind of makes people work and drive harder and work for an agency. Yeah. Um, yeah. Communication well is, is really key. Um, and you have to understand, even when it goes, you know, into even our, our partnership as business partners, we have to understand that we have, you know, personal lives too. And we always joke, uh, I always call Gabby my first my first marriage, my first <laughs> my first wife. And like it's important to understand what's going on in their world as well. And the same with your team. They have a personal life, they have relationships, they have, you know, a lot going on on that side too. And although work is a huge part of everybody's life, you spend a huge amount of your lifetime at work we want to make sure that that's as enjoyable experience you also get so much more out of your team if they're enjoying it and listen not every day is going to be you know as as we would like it to be (laughs) exactly but you know you've got if if there is something going on and you can feel it in a small team you know I know 20 people is not that small but you can feel it when someone isn't feeling and just having that communication to be like everything okay and then knowing that they can come talk to you yeah um or they don't have to tell you. They can just be like, it's one of those days. That's okay. Yeah. Completely understand it. And that's really important. And also, another thing, and, and we're like, and also, yeah. and also. <laughs> no, I love it. Like, credit where credit's due, honestly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it's about, you know, hats off to this person. We're really supportive. You know, one of our team members has just done an amazing job in Cannes. And every single person we have a WhatsApp group and everyone was like, this morning, well done, that's amazing, you did such a good job. And it will be the next person the next day on an event that they did. Yeah. It's really congrat- congratulatory. And, you know, we love to kind of, surprise and delight is always nice. So, you know, it's been a really busy time for the, our, our team, really kind of, and people have had to step up and grow because it's been so busy, which is, sometimes that's the best way you learn. Yeah, but credit where credit's due. And we kind of sat them all down and we kind of said, you know, you are ready to take the next step. Not when a review happened. It doesn't have to be so structured. It's it's about do a job well and you will be yeah, rewarded recognize and recognised. Yeah. It doesn't have to be like in a six-month review. It's just ultimately you guys have just worked incredibly hard in an incredibly busy mm-hmm. season. You've all had to step up your game to the point where we now feel comfortable with you taking the step up. And that's actually much nicer sometimes than being like, well, get to get you the review and like, can you feel back in 360 form? And you need that as well, but... It's all a bit formal though, that. Yeah, but it's also nice just to have a bit of nice news without expecting it. Yeah, definitely. You you mentioned Can there, like what's the best project you've ever done? Oh, that's tough. Or like the proudest moment? Do you know what? One of our, I think one of our proudest moments <laughs> is when it was right near the beginning and yeah. we were doing an event. It was one of our first big, big events that Gabby and I did and it didn't go to plan. Everything that could have gone wrong went wrong, not because of uh, us, because the client like hadn't followed right. through on stuff. They no, had right. said... We are ready. You're not. You're not ready. Tell us and, that you're ready. No, we are. But you're not. And have to go with it. it was a major learning curve, but like not a learning curve, like it's going to take us a few weeks to learn all of this. It was in the moment. Like we were really in the moment. And Shirley was a waitress and then we had to wash up and we both became bus boys. I became <laughs> bar, honestly, like bartender. The sponsor like, walked out. It's, I mean, everything we got, I mean. It was tough. It was, it was and the next day we had to return the glasses to the sponsor and the client refused to help. And we had to wash... I think it was like 400 branded glasses in a tiny little hand basin. 
And I remember this moment and I, you know what, we got through it. And if I look back at what we now execute and these, yeah. you know, massive parties in Cannes and takeovers of hotels in Marbella and, you know, big, huge activation. Mm. And I look back at that. You know what? That's a proud moment. <laughs> Washing those 400 glasses. We got through it. We managed to save it and we did it. And my other favorite one, which is also pretty near the point is when it was actually, we just won Casamigos and we launched Casamigos in Ibiza. Now, Ibiza is very different to the UK. It's very manana manana, mm. very Ibithenkin time, which we knew. So we allowed in the kind of structure of that. However, I mean, you can double check everything and you can talk to the main people, but we were running from the Hard Rock Cafe to Ashwire, to the top of Ashwire, down to the middle of the mosh pit of Ashwire, to Monhawk. And it was with George Clooney, Cindy, Craw uh, Cindy, Craw Cindy Crawford, uh, Randy Gerber, Amal, the whole no lot biggie. of them. No <laughs> biggie. Imagine getting them from the top of Ashwire after you know a few tequilas through the mosh pit to, on a Sunday to watch Avicii in the middle of the VIP section then get them out before the whole of the Ashwire finishes into, and with only two of us running and doing the man card running to the whole I mean I reckon I probably didn't we did the marathon right just running <laughs> I think we to. probably did a hundred thousand steps each yeah. like it was non-stop <laughs> but it was amazing and but that's you know, what I like I that's where I really respect you because it's something I wanted to cover in, in the sense that when you run a business that does deal with you know celebrity names like that mm -hmm. and all the trips and the big budgets people look at you and I'm have no doubt that there will be people that really envy you and <laughs> no, no, yeah, genuinely course, and just kind of think like oh those girls like they're Swimming living their lives yeah. Yeah, yeah and I just think no they're working so damn hard they deserve everything they've got and even I think, on site you're working and, yeah that but that but, and I yeah. think that's where there's a like a kind of there's it's an Instagram veneer yeah hugely and people don't respect the work that goes on behind oh, the yeah. scenes and, and there and I think it's actually interesting that the two examples that we've just used are actually the ones where we've really been in the thick of it yeah. and had to really work hard and it's not been the big like you know Casamigos launching in Spain and Ibiza was a big big um, campaign but you know it's sometimes those campaigns where it's not the flashiest or the biggest profile it's the ones where we had to really get into it and we saw our you know our true colors and we saw that we we're able to and we we're super capable and that we can do this um and we're very lucky we've you know touch wood have had a really incredible five years but it has come with those moments where you know a few years ago we had a moment where <laughs> none of our clients had paid us they, I think we had something like 150,000 pounds worth of unpaid invoices that were just sitting there. And then, there. Of them <laughs> and then yeah. some of these clients, you know, either liquidated or something like that, or, you know, they paid us six months later. And we had a moment where we needed to find 50,000 pounds to pay our team and our overheads for the next two months. And we didn't know what we were going to do. Mm. And what did we do? Um, we, we well no we went back out and um, our, we had a wonderful finance manager who literally had just started and she just went through every invoice and called every single person and was like you need to pay this you need to pay this mm -hmm. now and she was really forceful and we emailed every single client was like this isn't fair you need to pay this and we you know got on some new clients and we figured it all out and it's you know those are not great moments no. But there's Standing, just, like in hindsight where you realise how strong you are. Yeah, yeah, you do. Hold your nerve and all of that. Yeah. And then those moments where you are standing. Swimming, gliding on top, paddling. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
And then those moments where you just have to take a second and just realize, you know, when you are standing in the middle of the VIP section of a Schweier in Ibiza watching Avicii with George Clooney and Cindy Crawford beside you, you're like, take a moment. This is, this is unreal. It's going to last for five seconds and then you've got to get on with it and you're just going to keep moving. Um, but there are going to be massive lows and there are going to be incredible highs and hopefully each year it just gets easier, those lows yeah. and those highs get even better. But I also think, just going back to your point, is like people thinking living the life of running. I think if we just did like event, you know, sporadically, we've had six events this week. Yeah. And, you know, in a, in a, in a you know, in the upper echelons and the, in the people that we're kind of talking to, they're like, oh, you again. Do you know what I mean? We did a, a lot of work this week. And then I think they suddenly go, oh my God, like you guys must be so tired and so busy because it's yeah. relentless. And that's the thing. And then they see that, oh, of course Wicker was doing that. Like, why, why would I think anyone else was doing that? You know, and that's when they see the work that we actually do behind the scenes. Because mm-hmm. it's not all the Instagram parties, but it's it's the invitations, the follow-ups, the, the press releases, the outreach to journalists. You know, it's the, it, it's the whole kind of shebang. But we have so many clients. But, you know, considering the amount of clients and the calibre of clients we have, our team is actually incredibly small. Yeah. Um, you know, you've got agencies who, you know, similar, not similar agencies, but people who have that level of internationally and globally renowned brands like we do, they have a lot bigger teams than we do. Mm. But I think we are very nimble and we're very, very strategic and we're very, um, we think, like I said, backwards, whatever is going to be the best result or the quickest way to do it to get the best outcome Whereas a lot of people do work for work's sake, so we're really, like, we're really clever about that. Who's the uh, leader that said that he always gives the hardest, most complex tasks to the laziest team member? Because oh, they oh. figure out, yeah, they figure out the quickest way to do it. Like, it's oh, yes, I have heard that, yeah. yeah. I always, that's always stuck with me, I love that. <laughs> Because I, I find my other matter is like just quickly do it, just like yeah, just, just do it. Yeah, find a way. Don't sit back. Although a lot of people say that actually sitting back and contemplating something, and you know, having those moments where you feel like you're being extremely lazy, but you're actually giving your mind time to think mm-hmm. something through, is really important. And it's you know, I know this is a weird thing, but I love having a bath in the morning. Mm-hmm. That is my thing. My sister baths and doesn't showers. So I find I, that, I'm sorry. It's, I my, just <laughs> it's my 15 to 20 minutes of sitting and running through what I need to get done and think, and it's interesting, it's a form of meditation. I do meditate as well, but it's a form of meditation because you sit there and you let your mind kind of just go a little blank and something will come in and it'll be like, oh yes, I do need to address that. Or it will be the answer to something. And you're like, interesting. And it just gives you those I'm moments. Like I'm like, I'm, I'm like, Gandhi. Oh, this is the answer to my problems. Up into the it's the answer to life um, and it just gives you that moment to think things through so yes there's that attitude of like just get on with it do it address it don't procrastinate you know mm-hmm. that I remember um, at the very beginning of us starting the agency we had this lovely business coach because to be completely honest and I think actually this is a good thing yeah. that we didn't know how to run an agency no, you can be very good at your job yeah. running a business is a completely different piece of work yeah it's very different and sometimes I'm really glad that we didn't know because we just didn't know what we were getting ourselves into (laughs) but there are other there were moments where we were like actually I think we need to get some advice on this so we had a really lovely business coach and one of the sessions he talked about swallow just swallow a frog once a day that one thing that you really don't want to do and you keep putting to the side whether it's your tax returns or it's like getting back to a client on something that's going to be awkward or it's addressing a team member's issues and you know having to sit down 
down and review them or something like that. Just swallow that frog. Just get it over with. And when you've done that, the weight the that comes off your shoulders, it's easy and you can just start moving forward. Yeah. I do actually that if you're looking for anybody looking for tips is if you are doing a service-based or something that you're good at, like do see a business coach, even if it's for a bit at the beginning, I still do, I still practice stuff that, that, they taught. Taught, that he taught us. Yeah. Um, and it may seem money, but it's just even how to formulate. The one thing he said is, don't wear all hats. Nobody can wear every hat. Yeah. You can't be accountant and like supply purchaser and business leader and the f- marketing and face mm-hmm. and, you know, social media. Choose what you're good at. And if there are jobs that are a 10 pound an hour job, get someone else to do it. I literally started working with a BA maybe like six weeks ago Mm -hmm. and I just feel like she's just helped. But it helps you just like retract. And also one other thing is have an understanding. I'm not saying you need to understand budgets, but like have an understanding of budgets. Because if you're going to be running your business, you need to understand numbers. What I also wouldn't suggest is if you are doing a lifestyle kind of businesses, I, I, you don't need to write a massive business plan, you know, and get analysis paralysis and then kind of chicken out because it all seems overwhelming and a bit daunting. Trust your gut, do it, like take that leap, but also understand that you probably can learn and grow, but kind of seek the advice and help to be able mm-hmm. to do that. How did you find the coach? Was it like word of mouth? Yeah, yeah like yeah. anything good. Yeah, yeah <laughs> so true. And actually we then told four other people who told other like, I can guarantee probably about seven businesses that you know or probably would interview have probably used yeah. somebody within this structure because it's all about, you know, that entrepreneurial spirit. Yeah. But also you have uh, sessions together, so you meet really interesting pe- people. And he does everything. I mean, he's got a big architect contingency, obviously from a word-of-mouth level. But it's really interesting, you know, it's the same practices apply no matter what your business is. What's his name for anyone listening? Prague. Prague, Prasad. Oh, um, very fancy. Yeah. <laughs> it's called... It's called London Business Coaching, and it's actually a, it's um, Brad it's a Sugar. Big. Brad Sugar is the like founder of it, but there's a, and he does these big like Excel talks. It's it's yeah. it's it's just a quick, not as quick, but it's a ten week course mm. that teaches you just the basic understanding and, and confidence in yourself. I like how it's to nine months job. actually. Oh, is it? It? Okay. Yeah, I think we did. We would do two <laughs> sessions a month, but it is interesting, and I think that going back to what. Gabby was saying about um, you can't wear every hat and we quickly realized that we were growing at the speed that we were growing we needed somebody who understood finance Mm -hmm. so pretty early on we took on uh, an in-house kind of finance person and we've you know as the company has grown we've adapted and moved and we're actually you know we've gone we've had we've gone full circle we've had three very very good ones who've been at the fit at the stage they needed to be at and then we've grown into another into another phase of the agency and we just realized that we didn't have the time um, although it's extremely important to manage that finance side we had to be managing the clients and we had to be winning new business and running the agency and we needed that very important role of chasing the invoices and following up the clients on payments and budgets and expenses and everything like that needed to be handled by someone who could focus their time on it and also knew what they were doing. Yeah. You know, now, yeah, but now we know how to, you know, budgets and everything like that. But at day one, gosh, no, we didn't, we yeah. didn't at all. And well, it's on dawn- a client side, but not on a personal side. Yeah. And actually, the, if I can give any advice as well as, it's all very well and good, winning the business, the, 
But if people aren't paying and the money ain't coming in, yeah. it's worthless. Yeah, so people, I think people underestimate that. A lot, that's where a lot of companies go busted yeah. when yes. they're chasing invoices yeah. and it's just not coming in. Exactly. Yeah. So actually there's there's now new facilities, actually, our, business, uh, our kind of non-exec chairman has just become on the board of one, which is no matter who you are, it's like a paid for pro rata so they pay the invoice off you so if you pay seven percent it means you will never not get paid but you just have to build in that into your fee so there are i mean it's obviously such a common issue that people are making businesses out of this because i mean we've lost i mean i I dread to think how much money that we've had to write off as bad debt because people have gone fast or people just refuse to pay because you know for the sake of two grand are you going to fight them hammer and nail and go you know to small claims court problem's not and they that's what they're banking on right so it's yeah, money is important. Like cash flow is important. It's um, it's something you need to stay on top of. And we identified very early on that, especially because we're very client focusing, it, it's hard to have that conversation with the client when you're also working with them on the campaign and you're trying to keep that relationship going and then being like, hey, you actually haven't paid us for six months. We've got to figure this out. And it is tough. You know, people will be like, oh, but you wouldn't mind just like doing that bit of work. Well, pay me for my time, yeah. my expertise, my energy. That's my... I think that you just have to learn to get comfortable with you those do. difficult conversations because it's they're never going to be avoid them and it's like let's yeah. in the frog you have to just exactly get they're never going to be easy but yeah. you have to and it's funny i definitely think over the last few years our attitude has changed for anyone who's like working freelance or something like that or you know just starting out write down on a piece of paper what you think is your worth in a financial sum you think that your time is worth 150 pounds a day, let's say, or 500 pounds a day, write it down on a piece of paper and remind yourself of that constantly. And then when a client says, oh, could you do it for a little cheaper? Make that decision yourself, being like, okay, well, I'm worth 500. And remind yourself, especially women, we always have to keep reminding ourselves of what our worth is because sadly, we still live in a society which is constantly, it is changing, but it is constantly not making us feel like we're of any worth, whether that be the way we look or what we're doing in our jobs or not being able to you know, climb up the ladder. It is changing, thankfully, but it's taking its time. And we need to remind ourselves of our worth. And if you just write down that figure, that's what I want to be, and I want to work at that figure, you'll suddenly have more confidence of sitting in front of a client when they say, gosh, would you mind doing it for half of that? And you being like, no, it's going to cost you 500 pounds, yeah. and that's what it's going to cost you. We had a client and you today, have that confidence. Exactly that. And I was like, listen, I will meet you here, but I'm done. Like, we've done four proposals now. Yeah. You're in or you're out. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we know our worth. If you don't do it, and then you're going to trust walking away. Isn't well, it? exactly. And actually, it's hard. Like, resigning clients, or you know, but it's ultimately we know we are very good at our jobs. We are not shy of potential new business. You know, that's you know, we're in a very fortunate position. What we want to do is take on clients that we believe in and we know we can do a good job. If you're getting second guessed every second step of the way, you won't do a good job because you'll have to be kind of battened down, like twist and turn in a way that's not authentic. They kind of go, we know you know what you're doing. Okay, and obviously there's accountability and you have to set kind of, you know, um, benchmarks. But that's when the biggest successes come in our agency. Yeah, definitely. This podcast is sponsored by Zero Accounting Software proudly support female entrepreneurs and help business owners to see their finances clearly. For help in getting your business digital ready, visit xero.com. If anyone listens to this, I have a feeling that a few people might think, hmm, they say they please and tease, they're clearly from money, daddy's pay for the business. What would you say to that? So, because that's something that I've yeah, had to face. And I, so I, I wish think, daddy had paid for the business. Yeah, Jesus, I wish daddy had paid for the business. I mean, not, I think, as Shelley said before, 
we didn't think that this was going to be an agency, so there was no investment. There has been no investment. There has been a thousand pounds from each of us. And since then, not a single drop of investment has been made into this business. It's been completely organic and we've grown it completely by ourselves. And we, but we've always taken the salary, so it's, it's never even that we've had to be subsidised or been fortunate enough to be subsidised. It's not about our family. Yeah. My mother was like, oh my God, don't do this, darling. You know, <laughs> she was like, you know, keep a steady job. You know, you never know what's going to happen. I mean, ultimately, we took a punt because we knew our worth. We knew we were good at our, our jobs and what we were doing. And we had, a, we had a progressive and innovative view on the future of Marcoms, which has paid off because we were right. Mm. And we've won an absolutely, and this is the most successful thing for us, on our absolute merit, on our absolute, we've never paid for marketing, we've yeah. never paid for anything, we've just done it, just really good and, grew it and we, just, we are just really bloody good at yeah. our jobs. Yeah, but I always think it's so important to acknowledge that sometimes, because yeah. I, I just can picture it now. That, yeah, you know, of course. Because it's, it's so easy to just mm. assume, it's where jealousy comes from. But it's projections, other yeah, people's projections, 100%. right? So it's, it's just... Again, it goes back to that Instagram reality, like they're working so hard for that. Like, yeah. So. One thing I will say is what we have done, both of us, is we've networked throughout our entire marriage. I've said yes to every party, yes to every event. I've offered to go and work at events that I wasn't working on. Shirley's hosted events, you know, around the world. People, people are people. Yeah. And the more people you know, the more access you have, the more, it's, it's a numbers game. And like, and then, then if you're human and you're nice, going back to that thing, it's, just be decent, be kind, be funny, exactly. be nice, yeah, exactly and meet that. as many people as you yeah. can, and then like good things will happen. No one, we thankfully are starting to live in a world where the first question is not, oh, where are you from, mm, or yeah, what yeah. school did you go to? Thankfully, that doesn't happen anymore. And you know, my family is not from the UK, and you know, in an English society, where that are is. You from? Uh, my friend, my family is actually from uh, the states, really from the Bahamas. Really? Um, yeah, so I, I honestly had you down as like sorry. Yeah, very English. Yeah, really, yeah. no, I know. I was educated here and um, went to school here and everything. But my family's from from the US, okay. and it's. A funny thing, the first question everyone always asks you is kind of like, in in a very English society, is kind of like, where are you from, where did you go to school? Mm-hmm. It's so that they can pigeonhole you in a way, or put you in a box and understand. That's thankfully changing mm-hmm. so much. And you said something where, like, one shouldn't assume. You shouldn't assume someone just by the way they walk into a room, or what they wear, or how they talk, because you're going to make a very big mistake, mm. and they're not going to be what you think they're going to be, and you're going to have made an assumption, and you're mm. going to then go forward with not not understanding that person. And I do think we probably, especially when we first started the agency, a number of people assumed that we were a certain way. It was very interesting when we would be sitting in meetings with older men who would be like, so. Um, when's your boss coming or like how long have you worked for who owns this company again and we'd be like we do and they would look at us like no you don't you don't own the company and it was really and it wasn't just men actually a lot of women did it as well sorry I shouldn't but also we're young as well so that's 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 of course you know we started when we were Let's not age ourselves. So, you know, you shouldn't assume. And it's actually interesting when we hire people, we make sure that we don't immediately make a, an, an assumption on somebody. Yeah. And we do always do a phone interview first because we want to listen to how they are on the phone before we meet them. Mm-hmm. Because I think it's 
it's important to hear a voice first and then we get to meet them and then we see them and stuff like that but you shouldn't assume you should never assume on anyone because where someone comes from and their background and anything like that is not it doesn't define them it's like when people ask you what your job is well that's not my only defining feature i've got so many other things that are part of my life and i think that's really important family, friends, relationships evolved over the course of the past five years as the success of this business has grown you're, you've become a lot busier etc etc have you seen any relationships swing either way for the better or worse? With my family yes 100% I was always like not the black sheep because I went to every party and I kind of you know did, did go out a lot yeah. My mum was like, oh, now I get it. You were just, like, prepping for your future. Yeah. <laughs> um, you had that strategy all Yeah, I was like, yeah, that's exactly what it was. <laughs> um, and so the, the respect, because I was kind of the, you know, slightly fluffy part of it, but they always knew that, they, they were like, it's amazing, you found a way to monetize being you. Yeah. Um, and that's what my sister says. She's like, you're so lucky. And my mother actually owned a PR agency way back when. And she was like, Jesus, you managed to do, you know, in five years what I could never do. And, yeah. you know, and she, she, she was successful, but she was like, just in the figures and the clients and the caliber and the number of people. She was like, I'm, the, the, the pride that I've got from my family because of being so close in the industry and having such kind of tangible, kind of equatable benchmarks for me, has been like, I was like, oh, king of the castle. <laughs> <laughs> I've got quite a successful family, so it's quite, you know, and I'm the youngest, so it's quite hard to kind of, you know, scurry up the ladder. Yeah. Um, so that's been quite, for me, it's been quite a, a major thing. Yeah, definitely. I think uh, what was, what's been very interesting for me over the, fa- the past five years, especially re- with a relationship more in my personal life, was it helped me understand at the beginning, I guess I was really struggling with understanding what kind of partner in my life I would take. You know, a lot of guys don't find it easy sometimes uh, having a strong woman and someone who does want to go out and make their own money and wants to stand shoulder to shoulder with them, not 10 feet behind or in front. We want to do this together. And there was a moment about halfway through um, running the agency, about three years in, that we had some great successes. And it was really, it was fantastic being able to turn to Gabby and, you know, celebrate it. But I wanted to also turn to my right and have that person who was there, you know, as my boyfriend or my partner or whatever, also there to celebrate. I didn't have that person. And there were a few people that kind of came and went and I had a few boyfriends, but no one that I was like, no, I really want to take this journey with you as well. And I have to say that I think the first few years really helped me define what I was looking for. Um, I'm very happy, I'm very lucky now to have an incredible individual guy in my life who is amazing. But I'm glad I had that growth period and that ability to A, find my own feet within the, with the agency and where I was in my career and what, I, what we wanted to achieve with the company to be able to then be able to see what I wanted in my partner. So it's definitely, it taught me a lot about myself and what I wanted in, in, in my yeah, boyfriend. What you didn't want. Well. What I didn't want, yeah. Yeah, that's amazing. I've gone the other way in that I started um, with a partner and now I'm like going back to trying to, because he was there from the beginning of this and now it's making that adjustment back to running this business and kind of, because it's quite recent, like working out me on my own. Do you yeah. know what I mean? And like running mm. the business, it's crazy lip done but it's really important to know uh, who you are. Yeah, yeah, huge. Um, and it's so, so interesting because like before him, I was always a single one in my friendship mm. group. I was so used to being on my own. And it's like so 
strange. I, I'm reminding myself that I used to be so good at it. So yeah. it's kind of like, oh yeah, okay, I can do this. <laughs> I think as well, just genuinely, and this is anything, it's being good, like we are validated. We don't need to get validated by a man or anything else. Like, we're validated in the work that we do and standing yeah. on our own two feet. And actually that inner strength that we've both found on this journey, like in who knowing who we are, and having a voice is and being standing up encountered, yeah. that's what I think has probably been the biggest journey is going, I, you don't need, it's lovely to have that other person, yeah, yeah, but like you, with or without, like they're there because you want them there and they're part of the journey and that's yeah. great, but if they're not, like I'm okay, yeah. do you know and what I mean? Honestly, like if there was one bit of advice I'd give to anyone launching a business, it's always make sure you, you like yourself before yeah. you do it, because oh, yeah. it takes you on such a weird yeah. journey that you have to, like even those lows, fall back on yourself and mm. be like, you've got this, it sounds yeah. so silly, yeah, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah. But just knowing that you trust yourself to make Yeah, it actually I remember when we first started the company, I was seeing someone and I remember he would always refer to my to the agency as how's your little company going oh <laughs> and it was That's horrendous. it just came back to me just now as we were talking about it and I just remember thinking it's not my little company and he would be like oh well you know what I mean it's like you know it's small now I'm like yeah but stop referring to it as my little company oh, like very dismissive Fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Literally that. Yeah. I buy your yeah, shit yeah. <laughs> Oh, and I remember one day, we, we had broken up by this point, it was a few years later, and um, he was setting something else up, and he went, oh, well, you know, soon I'll be able to buy your agency. And I remember being like, absolutely oh never God. will that be it. I'm like, so glad happen. you're not with him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I just remember being like, no, like, and I said to him, I was like, you're never going to buy my company. And he was like, well, what, why? Well, you don't you want to sell it one day? I was like, maybe, but not to you. <laughs> so yeah, you do need to find the right, the right partner. Um, I love that. Who balances you. Rounding up then, ladies, I end all the podcasts with a few statements. Yeah. So I will start and I'd like you to finish. Yeah. Okay. Um, so number one, being, this is going to take twice as long because you've both got your own, being my own boss means. For me, freedom. Yeah. Yeah, I'd agree with you on freedom. Yeah. Um, being my own boss means. Yeah, freedom. I but think. also shackles, but also freedom. <laughs> it's, isn't it? It's like. Yeah, it's like freedom if I don't want to work yeah. on a client. Where I go to share yeah. and say, let's sack them off. Or, you know, if I, we don't want to do something, it's up, we have, like, if you're working for someone else, you don't have that freedom. If you want to work from home, because you've got a dishwasher man coming, work from home. Like, it's, yeah. it's freedom to, like, manage your time because ultimately the responsibility comes back on you. So whether you do it on a Saturday or you do it on a Friday afternoon, it doesn't matter yeah. as long as it gets done. It is, yeah, it's that managing, yeah, yeah it's a time, isn't it? But when you have the work, yeah, it's also, also really like shit. It's also really <laughs> have the time, because, you know... Yeah. <laughs> Uh, number two, when it's not quite going to plan, my advice would be to open a bottle of tequila. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm more of a gin girl. Yeah. Or a bottle of gin or a bottle of rose. When it's not going to plan. Mine's like step back and look at what you have achieved. Like yeah. really don't don't underestimate the small stuff. Like just go, okay, and then sit back and go, how can we change this? Like Try and think strategically. Don't go, oh god, this is all doom and gloom. Like, how Why am I going to go? Okay, this is where we are. Yeah. What could I possibly do to change this narrative? Yeah, I would say if you have a business partner, sit down and talk it through. If you don't, 
Go to someone who you know will be balanced in their judgment and their viewpoint and their feedback to you and who you do respect, but is not going to dictate or, you know, lead you down a garden path, but will listen. Mm -hmm. Because often it's it's solvable by talking it through Mm -hmm. because it can clear so much in your head as well and you can sort things out. So yeah, I'd say communicate with either your business partner and just sit down and just talk it through Mm -hmm. or talk it through with someone. I love that. Uh, number three, if I could go back to day one of my business, I would tell myself. So I've written my answers to answer. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, off the cuff. Uh, but it is, it's like, don't underestimate um, systems and processes. If you are going to grow your business mm-hmm. to any scale, like understanding like, how you want things done. Yeah. Just makes life a hell of a lot easier than having to do them later down yeah. the line because it's suddenly like, oh, you get analysis paralysis quite often. Whereas if you think about it from the early stages, it's a lot easier to kind of take them through. Be prepared and also don't underestimate a good accountant. <laughs> like, like that te- like going back to that £10 an hour job, don't do everything yourself. Yeah. Like farm out stuff that can be farmed out. Like nobody wins prizes for being a business martyr. Yeah, yeah. You no, just look good. like a bit of a dick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would definitely say just believe in yourself. You obviously made this decision to do this and just have that faith that you can. Because also... This is actually something that I do um, with my partner, which is we have plan A, plan B, plan C, and plan D. And plan A is, you know, right, we're going to do this, and we're going to, like, you know, make this much money, and we're going to buy this house, blah, blah, blah. And then we have plan A, and we plan C, and we have plan D. And plan D is if it all goes, you know, doesn't work out, tits up, up, we're going to sell it all, and we're going to move to a beach, and we're going to have a beach shack bar. And that's going to be plan D. Now, plan D is pretty good. So you know what I mean? Like, you run through the plans and just remind yourself that you're doing this for a reason. But if it all goes wrong, it's okay. Because we are, especially as women, we can evolve, and we can grow, and we can survive a hell of a lot. And you are going to be hit by some... As can men. As can men. (laughs) Not like women. (laughs) No, but, like, I think it's really important just to remember and just have that belief in ourselves that we can do this. Life goes on, doesn't it? Yeah, it like, does go yeah, on. Yeah. And it doesn't matter. Is that your next answer? I know it doesn't oh. actually, but I did have one answer which somebody said to me, is like, I mean, this is very our industry specific, and it was something that somebody said to me ages ago. It's like, it's PR, not ER. Okay. Nobody's died. Yeah, yeah. Nobody's died. Yeah. Like, get over yourself. Like, yeah. in the grand scheme of things, if your piece doesn't go in the Sunday Times business, does it matter that much? Like, yeah, yeah. you can always get it in three weeks later. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's like, at mm. the end of the day, what genuinely matters if you're hurting somebody if it's going to give them financial like ruin or you know you disrespect something mm. that's being disrespected but in the end of the day does it really matter yeah, yeah. did anyone die yeah. <laughs> it's so true and if they did run away to the beach if I had to describe myself as a businesswoman I'd say that I didn't write this one down <laughs> <laughs> um Gosh, that's tough because how, if I could describe myself as a businesswoman, I don't don't know. I feel like you're really damn good. You're a really good businesswoman. Oh, that's (laughs) nice. Thank you. Thank you. I I don't know if I'm sorry, but I'm a very sorry person. We're fucking good at our job. Yeah. Like that, like, and being good at your job and being good at business are two different things. We are good at business, but we're exceptional at our job and I think actually it's a really special really dynamic offering that we give and actually 
I am opposed to, if we take it on, we did a good job, we feel like we're stealing off someone or stealing someone's brand equity, stealing someone's money. So, mm. so we actually take it personally, like it's, we do. it's a really emotionally driven, like we know we're doing a good job and actually what we just implore our clients to do is just trust us because we're not, we're not here to take the piss, we're not here for your money, we're here genuinely to make your brand better and your positioning if we, if, because we believe in it. We don't take stuff we don't believe in anymore. Yeah. So... That's, yeah, that's. I'd also say I think it goes back to something that we touched on earlier, which was um, it is about being human. It is about being kind and it's about being fair. It's about being driven and good at what you do and putting your all into it. And we are extremely hardworking, but we're also fair and we're also kind and I think nice people. Um, oh, I hope so. Um, so, but, you know, we we do take pride in what we do. Yeah. And we are constantly evolving, we're constantly learning, we're trying to do the best job. And as we said before, we're only as good as the last thing we did. Mm. And if that didn't go to plan, we've got to figure it out, we've got to make sure that the next campaign is great. And learn from it, and we're always learning. We can't mm. get stuck in our in our ways. So yeah, I guess I think that answers. Yes, yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, and very lastly, I'd like my legacy to be that. I wrote down that. Yeah, I'm really annoying, I'm sorry. Uh, that that yeah. we built, established, and grew globally recognized brands. Like that, going back to that pride thing, yeah. I want the legacy for Whipple to be like, they did that. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. they yeah. built that. Like, we've done already, like I said, Seedlip, Casamigos, you know, the Ivy, the like some of the big, W like, London, the biggest brands, like, but grown from inception. Like, Seedlip is now, you know, it's, it's almost like a category. So we sat with Ben, the founder, going, what else are we going to do with this? And we grew it. Have you, have you had Seedlip from the beginning? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's wow. a great brand. Um, we, really we actually annoyingly did ourselves out of a job because we had to take it in-house because it grew it's so big so quickly. Yeah, but we still, you know, we still do work with him. Um, and same with Casamigos, you know, they we launched the Bay Area and now we are the European agency and we are the only retained agency since inception and since the sale. So, you know, it's we were mandated as part of the sale because it's, they know that we got it and they trust us so implicitly and things like the you know, we, we launched one, there's now 25. It's, that's, for us, is a huge amount of success of the brands that we've created and developed and grown. Yeah. Big business. I love it. Thank you. Oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you. This has been great. Oh, thanks. I love to talk about myself, but not like a high pressure Thank you for listening to She Can, She Did. If you fancy being a complete star and doing your good deed for the day, please feel free to rate, review and subscribe on iTunes to give the She Can, She Did series a little boost and help others to find it. You can also attend the Midweek Mingles, the She Can, She Did event series for female founders and aspiring female business owners, featuring a whole lot of business inspiration and the all-important GNTs in equal measure. For more information and to book your ticket, head to www.shecanshedid.com. I would love to see you there. Thank you.